I'm certainly glad to be here. I like this pulpit. It's made for us big guys, I guess. <laughs> All right. Let's turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 14. Set my soul afire. Did anybody know who wrote that song? A guy named Eugene... Um, Oh, no. I uh, have to look at Bartlett. Bartlett. What else did he, anybody know what else? A, a real famous song that, it's kind of a Baptist theme song. Victory in Jesus. And he also wrote one called Take an Old Cold Tater and Wait. <laughs> anybody ever heard that? <laughs> Sung by little Jimmy Dickens. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I never knew Brother Bartlett. He was, I think, dead before I was born, but I know his grandson, fine, fine fellow. He pastors a church in, in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So um, this morning I want to use this passage of Scripture to talk about missions and the, the thinking of the heathen mind. And uh, just understand what, what our objective is, what our obstacles are. And, uh, of course, I'll try to probably weave in a little bit about BBTI and the training that will help us to reach this goal of reaching the heart of, the, of a heathen person. Of course, we don't have to go far to find heathen. I was in the Walmart the other day and a young man uh, waited on me in, a, in the sports section there and, and uh, I wasn't buying any sports, I was buying some ammunition. Or, for, <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I just felt impressed to give him a gospel booklet and, and I don't know if I think I asked him maybe where, go, where he goes to church or something and he said, well, I'm Buddhist. And I looked at him. He didn't look Asian at all. I said, how did that happen? I said, you, you don't come from a Buddhist family. He said, no, I just, I just started looking into things. And I, I, I saw about the reincarnation. And I, and I said, I, didn't, I know we didn't either. One of us had time to really talk much. But I, I said, now listen, Jesus said there's a heaven and there's a hell. I said, now... If you're wrong, eternity is a long time to be wrong. Yes. And I, I hope I meet him again. I, it was the first time I've ever seen him. And, but uh, I hope that the Lord will really cause him to think about that. <laughs> and especially read that gospel booklet I gave him. Because uh, that's, the, that's the truth. You... Uh, you leave this earth and there's no second chance. The, the Catholics are wrong about that. The Mormons are wrong about that. And I don't know who else b believes in a second chance after death. I, uh, I just don't find that in the Bible. Jesus would have told us about that, I'm sure. <coughs> so let's begin with uh, verse 7. The preceding verses tell about uh, when Paul was at Iconium and 
And uh, the Lord really blessed there. They had a lot of converts, and, but they had a lot of opposition. And sometimes the Apostle Paul would stay and fight, and sometimes he would sneak out of town. I, and uh, I've done more sneaking out of town than I've done staying and fighting, I think, in our ministry. But, uh, but uh, you got to know when to, when to run, I guess, and, and when to stay. But, uh, but in verse 7, it says, there they preach the gospel. That's what it's all about. Getting the gospel to every creature. That's what Jesus said to do. So, and, and that's, that's the goal. To get the gospel to people in a way that they understand it. In a way that makes sense to them. And hopefully they will believe it. You know, a lot of things I see in the ministry of the Apostle Paul, we cannot imitate today. I don't think we are supposed to. I mean, he is our example in, in, in many things, in doctrine for sure. And, but, you know, we preach the same gospel that he preached. Yeah. It's not changed. Yeah. And I know that because I, he wrote what the gospel is. And that's what we believe. You've got to know what the gospel is. The gospel is not Jesus loves you. That's, that may be part of it. That's important. The gospel is not you need to be saved. That's true. But that's not the gospel. You, you know, uh, believe in Jesus as your Savior. That's true. That's good. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is the message that Jesus died in our place. He died as our substitute. He took our sins in himself. And he suffered and died and paid the price for our sins, satisfied God in our stead. That's the gospel. And, of course, that he rose again the third day. And that's the message that we have to get across to people and it sounds simple, it should be, but it doesn't, it's not always easy to do. And so, let's see here uh, what, what happened. Now, Paul preached the gospel, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. But did they understand it, and did they believe it? I have a question about that, because I don't read where anybody was converted. Now, maybe the lame man was. I would kind of assume that he trusted Christ and understood and, and got saved as well as being healed, but, but I don't see any, any church started here. I don't see any great results of preaching the gospel. And, you know, that that's sometimes is what we get. We, uh, we seem to see more fruit in some places than others. But uh, <clears throat> I want you to think about this crippled man. He, uh, uh, of course, he'd been crippled from his mother's womb. Nobody had been able to help him. And the apostle Paul comes along and heals him. Now, you and I cannot do that. I wish we could. I, I'm not sure I can explain why Paul could do it, but I can't. But that's, that's reality. God has his reasons, and his reasons are, are, are right whether I understand it or not. But, but uh, 
Maybe it's because if we could heal, we would forget about preaching the gospel. We would, would be like, was the guy Kenneth Copeland? Anybody know Kenneth Copeland? Is he one of your neighbors around here? <laughs> He's from here, in, from Oklahoma. We don't let people like that in Texas. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I mean, we'd get, our, get an airplane and we would, you know, maybe, maybe that's the reason the Lord wants us to concentrate on the, on the gospel. Now, I believe God can heal and he does, but he do, I don't think he gives the gift of healing to men today. If he does... I want to know who it is. I've got some problems I'd, I'd, uh, I'd like to get taken care of. Amen. But, uh, you know, I think we can learn something right here. And, and we would encourage the missionaries to, to notice these opportunities to learn about the culture and the thinking of people. So we might ask the question, why was this man born crippled? Now, we as educated and sophisticated uh, Americans, we, we might be able to understand a little bit about genetics and, and uh, birth defects and the physical things, and, but uh, most people in the world don't think like that. They, they probably have a reason that that man was born crippled. We might ask, uh, well, <clears throat> what... Uh, what could have been done to prevent this? Or what, what caused it? Was it sin? Did somebody sin and then they're punishing this child? Or, or what could have been done to prevent it? What, could have, what spirit could have been appeased to prevent this from happening? What, uh, uh, maybe they have stories about people that committed a certain sin and then they had this result and it would be good to for the missionary to understand all this this information he doesn't believe it of course but he gets it in his mind and then he knows how the people think because uh, for one thing what do people think about sin what sins are bad and which sins are really bad yeah. you know we have that uh, we, we say lying is bad, but we do it all the time. People ask me this morning, how are you? I say, oh, I'm fine. Well, my back hurts. <laughs> but but you, don't, you don't want me to go into all that. I mean, you didn't ask for that reason. So, you know, we, your wife says, well, how do you like this dress? And, and oh, how do you like my hair? Oh, it's, 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 it's really nice, yeah. <laughs> so, and of course, there's the one if if your wife says, "Does this dress make me look fat?" <laughs> you don't tell her. <laughs> you don't tell her it's not the dress. It's but, but you know. So, so we it's wrong to lie, but there's times when it's okay. Amen. <laughs> but. Uh, <clears throat> But, it, of course, our ministry deals with sin, right? The, and we need, people need to understand what the Bible calls sin, what it is. And, and uh, 
and who has been offended with, with our sins. Uh, so we know that uh, the Bible tells us that in the day of Jesus, they thought that a person was born blind because of one or two things. Remember that in John chapter 9? The, the, the disciples said, who did sin? This man that was born blind or his parents? Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. How could a man sin before he was born and be born blind? <clears throat> Unless uh, God, knowing the future, would, would know that he was going to commit a sin, so he punished him ahead of time. And, uh, but Jesus said that, no, it's, you're, you're wrong. But you see, the, the apostles, they, they knew the Old Testament scriptures. They were modern people. They, they knew God. At least some of them did. But they still had these ideas that were erroneous. And they thought that, that uh, a man was born blind because of, of sin. Uh, in Acts chapter 28, we, we have the story where Paul was gathering sticks to make a fire. You know, they'd been in the shipwreck and they were wet and cold and and uh, he was doing his part to gather sticks and a, a viper latched onto his hand. What did, the, what did the people say? They saw that, they knew, they recognized the snake. He was, he was just dangling there in plain sight. And they, they said, this man is what? Anybody remember? Have you read the book of Acts lately? It's in the Bible, you know. <laughs> uh, they said he's a murderer. And even though he was able to escape from the death in the sea, you know, God's vengeance has, it won't allow him to live. He's going to die. They knew it. I mean, it wasn't just a little nick. I mean, that snake had a hold of him, pumping that poison into him. And so they knew he was a murderer because you sin that bad, you have to, you, you know. In other words, they're, that's their cultural thinking. And so, uh, of course, he didn't die. Now what did they say? Well, he can't be a man because a man would die. That might have been one of those one-steppers or two-steppers. And, and uh, like they have in Africa, you, you get bit, you take two steps, and you're dead. And some of them are worse than that. You only get one step. But uh, the, they said, oh, he must be a god because... He's, he's not a man because a man would die. See, the people can reason, and their reasoning is probably wrong, but, but they, they've got a mind. They can think about these things. And in their, what they believe is, all, is conditioned, or, or what they hear or see is conditioned by what they already think. You and I are like that, too. A man painted his barn. What color did he paint it? Well, if you're from Michigan like I am, he painted it red because that's what color, that was the color of our barn and when I was a kid and the other barns, I think they were red. Now, if you're from uh, maybe Pennsylvania, I've seen white barns out there. So if you're from there, you're thinking, oh, he painted it white. Or maybe some other place, a different color. Or if you're more modern, you think, well, barns are made of metal. 
you don't paint the metal, it comes painted already with a 20 or 30 year guarantee. So, but your mind is telling you something. I didn't tell you what color, but your mind fills in that based on your experience. So <clears throat> that's uh, kind of a, a simple little, little illustration. But you know, people can have some crazy ideas about things. Jesus asked the disciples, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He said that in Matthew chapter 16. And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Now, wait a minute. How could that be? John baptized Jesus. They were both there together, and a lot of people saw it. How could one man be the other man? But that's what some were saying. Some said you're, you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. What is that? Sounds like reincarnation. Well, uh, and, and of course, we, we know that wasn't the case. So this is culture. It's, it's real to the person that believes it. We may laugh about it, but it's, it's, uh, it's what they believe. And so we could learn a lot just by asking people about why is someone born crippled or what will happen to him when he dies or just any number of things. When we get an answer, we get two or three more questions. And we start to, to draw out the thinking of, of the people so that we can communicate with them better and so that we know that when we speak, they understand what we're saying. That's the, that's the main thing. Well, in verse 11, the, the people saw what, was, what had been done. They didn't hear what was being said, but they saw what had been done, apparently. And so they they had to interpret what they were seeing. Now, I think it went like this. Okay, that man has been here. He's been crippled. We've not been able to do anything about it. There, we're all men, and we don't have the power to heal him, and no man has that power. And if, if anybody could do it, we could, especially the priest of Jupiter and those, the, you know, but but they can't so their mind tells them these men that healed the crippled man couldn't be regular men they look like men but they're gods the gods have come down in the in the form of men okay now that's interesting uh, <clears throat> so only the gods can heal and since this man was healed these men must be gods that was their, their thinking. Now, there's a phrase here that we've got to see, and uh, it says they lifted up their, it's in verse 11, the, uh, lifted up their voices saying, in the speech of Lyconia, the gods have come down. So they're talking a different language than the apostle Paul is speaking in, in Barnabas. Okay, there's a problem. Now, Paul, he, I'm sure he spoke Greek, I'm pretty sure, and I think that was the, the trade language of that wor the world of that day, so he could go to a lot of places, he could speak Greek, and people understood Greek. At least some did to some extent. 
And these people probably understood it somewhat, but it wasn't their language. When they talked about religious things, they spoke in their own language. That's where their culture abides. That's where their thinking is. Their, the trade language is for just that, trade. It's for working, it's for uh, commercial things, and, and they get by, but the deep things of their heart, the, the activity of their, their mind is in their heart language. And, of course, the Apostle Paul, his ministry was going from place to place. He didn't stay anywhere very long to learn languages, but I don't think you would, Pastor, you probably wouldn't recommend a missionary that's going to go to here and there and over there and there and there. And, and no, you want him to go to one place and do a work there. Maybe when he gets done there, could go somewhere else. But um, that wasn't the same ministry that the, the Apostle Paul had. So now what should we do? Should we teach him English? And figure, okay, we've got, there's a preacher one time said that in a service, uh, and uh, I think he, I don't think he liked us. As some of us BBTI guys were there in this service, and I, I don't know why, but he, uh, he said, ah, we got a perfect Bible in English. He said, we don't need to translate it for anybody. You just go and teach them English. <laughs> Bonnie, you, you guys teach English. You, you think you teach people well enough where they can understand the King James Bible? And, and no, probably not. Well, uh, anyhow. But uh, if we could learn their language and communicate in their language Amen. and understand their culture, then we are, I think, really communicating. So let's, let's look at a few things here that they, what they have already. In verse 12, it says that, uh, and they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius. And so they've, they've got their religious names. You see, they have their religion. It's complete. It's, it's, it doesn't lack anything. Uh, of course, we know it does. It lacks the, the truth. But to them, it's reality. It's well-developed and established. They believe it. The people before them believed it. They're teaching their young people what they believe, and, and that's their culture. That's the way we are. Yeah. We are taught certain things, not, not just about religious things, but everything. We teach our children what they are supposed to know. That's, that's culture. That's, uh, that's what we all do. Hopefully, what we teach is Bible-based, but it, not always. So, let's look at what they have. They, they have these religious names, and the, they're of the gods, and they have certain characteristics. They're not all the same, and they, they, they know about that. People around the world know about spirits. We don't probably know much here in our country. You talk to missionaries and they've seen and heard things that probably would shock you and, 
And I don't know a lot about it, to be honest. I'd, I couldn't tell you, and I mean, you hear stories uh, uh, and about strange things happening. And maybe we don't see things like that here. The devil works, but I think he works differently here. But where he's in control, he keeps those people in fear. So they've got priests. They've got, the, the, they've got this religious system. They already have it. They're not looking for the missionary to bring them religion or the message of God. They, they think they have it all figured out. That's why it's difficult. If they were just there saying, hey, teach me. I want to know about God. They, but they already, their mind is already filled. So we can put the truth in there Sometimes it just mixes together and it comes out a mess, you know, in, in sort of a, a, a facade of Christianity, but inside it's still the same paganism. So they had, uh, they had sacrifices. They were going to sacrifice animals. And now you think this was the first time they ever did that? I don't think so. They, they probably did it uh, on certain occasions. So... They, they, the Bible doesn't tell us that they had a temple, but I would almost guess that they did have because heathen people have to have the temple, uh, some place to put their gods, some place for their gods to meet with them. And, and so, you know, there's, there's two approaches to this. We could go in there and say, okay, you're all wrong about everything. And just say, okay, this is what God says in his word. And it's, it is, amen? But they, this is what the Bible says. Well, uh, we don't have a Bible. It doesn't say that to us. Then you get into Bible translation. How do we expect them to, to use a Bible that they don't understand? And it doesn't mean to them what it means to us. But if we could give them the word of God in their language, in their, in their thinking, and, and they, can, they can hear, thus saith the Lord, I think that's powerful. And so uh, that's an area that needs to be taken care of. But, but uh, what about appeasing the gods? Now, these men are apparently gods. What do you do when the gods show up? You, that's a privilege, isn't it? For one thing, you want them to, to help you more. You, if, let's keep them here, amen? Let's, uh, let's make them happy. Let's appease them. Now, does our God need to be appeased? Well, think about it. <laughs> the Bible uses a different word. 1 John 2, 2, what does it say? He is our propitiation. That's kind of a... As I understand it, it means to please God. It's a, it's the sacrifice that, that uh, appeases it. Uh, God said about His Son, "This is my beloved Son, in whom am I am, I am well pleased." When Jesus died on the cross, He satisfied God in our place. So, we do believe that God needs to be appeased. We can't do it. But Jesus can't. You see, instead of saying, uh, you're all wrong about this, we could say, you know, 
you're real close to the truth. We could take what they already have and then make a distinction and, and, and show them that, that this is the truth and what they have is, is not, you know, the truth. But, um, okay, what about uh, the, you know, they have the sacrifices? Uh, do, we, do we have a sacrifice? Amen, we sure do. It's, it's, it's referred to as the cross or Calvary. It's Jesus in our place on the cross. So uh, there's, there's things that we, in the culture, that we can take advantage of and, and use to, uh, you know, further the gospel. But we've got to be able to communicate to them. Uh, <clears throat> this may be what we would call corrective teaching. In other words, we, we take what they already know and, and, and correct that and, and explain that, for instance, they believe in the gods coming down. Well, we know there's only one God. There's these spirits, but they're not God. And so we've got to make a distinction. But did God ever come down? You bet he did. It's called the incarnation. It's called Christmas. We call it Christmas. Amen. It's when Jesus left heaven and became a man. That's when God came down. So you see, we could tell them, okay, you, you, you got the right idea. Let me explain what God says about coming down. And, that there, and, and, and so what did Paul have to do? Instead of starting out this way, teaching him all, all these things, I guess he made a mistake of healing that man. He should have waited a while. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but you know what we would suggest is you, you get the information, you learn their thinking, you learn what, what, uh, what they understand, and then go from there. Now, Paul had to go back to creation. In, in verses 14 and following, he, he said that... Uh, uh, talked about, uh, you know, God, which uh, when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out. Now, I assume that there was a time that they didn't understand what was going on because it all was happening in a different language. There's no substitute for learning the language. It's so vital because... You know what you say, but you don't know what they understand. But if, if they can, uh, if you know what they're thinking, you have a little better idea what they're going to understand. And when you hear them speaking about it, you're getting what we call feedback. You, uh, you understand. It's like your children. When they, did your children ever play church? Maybe your little boy gets up and says, now, you better be good. If you're bad, you'll go to hell. That's bad doctrine. I mean, I mean you should be good, but, but you don't go to hell for, because you're bad. You go to hell because you're an unbeliever. You need to believe in Jesus. So, so what do you do? Well, you just, okay, now in family devotions, I, I know I've got to correct this teaching. I've got to patiently teach him what you know the truth and so that's what Paul uh, did there they 
They say, Sirs, why do you do these things? We also are men with like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God. So they had to start with the living God, uh, which made heaven and earth. He's a creator and, uh, and of all things and wherein uh, uh, that are therein and, and uh, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own way. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven. And they're, they're, telling, they're telling about God. He's good. He loves us. He cares for us. He's provided for us. They're teaching who the real God is. All these things that you enjoy, it comes from him. And so uh, that's a, a good place to start. And, and uh, so it says with these sayings, scarcely, verse 18, uh, scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. So this is what the missionary needs to do. I think is to go and and take advantage of cultural information that's already there, get answers, get information, and then give them the truth in a in a way because we've got to make a distinction between what they believe and what God is saying, and that's that's the the challenge. And so I hope that helps you understand. Read that passage over real good and think about it. The, the mind of the heathen is not a blank slate waiting for us to write the truth on. It's already filled. That's the problem. We've got to find, we've got to get the gospel in there without it being mixed with their paganism. We, something has to go. And by the way, when you give them the truth, it doesn't automatically drive out error. You can have people that have professed Christ that still have a lot of old pagan ideas that need to go. So the missionary, his job is not done just when he gives them the gospel. It's, so anyhow, Pastor, thank you very much. For, God bless you. <clears throat>